Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Everybody and welcome to today's podcast. It is Thursday, March 31st, 2022, and uh, we are in the fourth week of Lent. So we're doing our Lent readings, um, and we are we find ourselves in Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, uh, the book of Romans, and the book of John. So today, Jeremiah 22, Romans chapter 8, and John chapter 6. Um, yeah. It's been fun. It's been a good week. Um, yesterday was some good readings yesterday, man. I mean, not that they're bad any day, but yesterday was on point. Uh, so look forward to what uh, the Lord is going to tell us today. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Jody. Good morning, Ann. Welcome, everybody. Thursday. It's, uh, it's basically like a Friday. This is the new Friday. Um. So yeah, let's jump in to Jeremiah chapter 22. Hope you got your coffee, you know, got your Bible, got a notebook or an underliner or a pen in your hand. You never know, man. You want to underline something, make a little note in the word. Got my pen. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, let's do it. Jeremiah chapter 22, verses 13 through 23 today. Jeremiah 22, 13 through 23. Uh, Woe to him who builds his palace by unrighteousness, his upper rooms by injustice, making his own people work for nothing, not paying them for labor. Mm. You don't want to build your house on unrighteousness. I mean, it's obviously talking about rulers and those in authority, but that's true for everybody, right? We don't want to build our house uh, in unrighteousness. We want to build our house on the firm foundation. He just told a parable about that. Don't build your house on the sand, man. I mean, not on the sand, man, but on the sand, man. <laughs> don't build. No, don't do that either. Don't build your house on the sand, man, either. Uh, but build your house on the rock, because when the storms come, the house built on the rock will stand. So here, uh, Jeremiah speaking on behalf of the Lord, woe to him who builds his, his palace by unrighteousness, his upper rooms by injustice, making his own people work for nothing, not paying them for labor. He says, I will, he says, I will build myself a great palace with spacious upper rooms. So he makes large windows in it, panels in it, and panels it with cedar, and decorates it in red. Does it make you a king to have more and more cedar? Mm. Wow. Man, he's really, he really hitting on materialism right there, isn't he? Like if you, you, make, you build your house in injustice, and then you 
more and more windows, window, windows, larger and larger windows, um, more and more cedar, bigger and bigger, bigger and better, right? Bigger and bigger and bigger. They're going to make you a king. That's what you, that's what, uh, we tell ourselves sometimes, right? Does it make you a king to have more and more cedar? Did your father have, did your, did not your father have food and drink? He did what was, what was right and just. Hmm. You don't have to do what's wrong. You don't have to. You don't have to do wrong to get a, to get ahead in life. That's that's not true. You'll hear that like you got. You know, if you're gonna make it, you got to. You know, you can't. You can't. You get. You gotta. You gotta be shady. You gotta. You gotta. You know. You gotta cut corners. You can't do things the right way and succeed in life. Yeah, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. That's not true. In fact, a lot of times, if you your person of ethics and integrity and character, it actually is attractive to people because it's different. <laughs> it's different than what they see. They're like, whoa, wait, you're different, man. You got character, you're integrity, you have integrity. You show up when you say you're going to show up. You do the job, you say the, the way you say you're going to do it. You complete it in a timely fashion. You're honest. Your communications are, are, are forthcoming and forthright. Wow, that's different. So no, you don't you don't have to cheat and, and and be a swindler to make it in life. No, you can actually do it the right way. But he says your your father, he did just fine. He had food and drink. He did and he did what was right and just, and all went well with him. Verse 16. <clears throat> he defended the cause of the poor and needy, and so all went well. God cares about justice, man. He cares about fairness. He cares about people that uh, you know, uh, are looking to us for um Justice and fairness and a, a fair shake. Um, which uh, the, the, the head coach of uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just uh, retired early yesterday um, to make, uh, which I thought was awesome, and here's why, um, to make way for the, uh, his assistant coach, was his associate head coach, which was uh, is a minority, uh, Bowles is his last name, Bowles. And um, I think that's right. Todd Bowles, I think, is his last name. Um, but Arians is stepping aside because he wants to set this uh, coach, this minority coach, which there are not enough of them, to set him up for success. That's, that's classy, man. I mean, Tom Brady comes back to the Buccaneers. And they're probably going to have a you know a, a good season. It'd be a good, it'd be it would be uh it would be Arians could just ride it on out. But you know what he says? You know what? Let's uh let's let's have this this young guy uh, be he's not that right young honestly. But let this 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 guy this this coach who's who's definitely going to be a head coach someday. Let's let him be a head coach now and let's set him up for success. Let's uh let's let him have a team that has a, a genuine shot of doing well. Rather than giving uh, him a team that is in disrepair, but that was classy, man. So uh, Bruce Arians is going to move the front office, do a different job. I think that's classy, and it's kind of consistent with you know kind of what we're talking about right here. Not that the guy's poor; I mean they're doing all right, <laughs> but, but looking out for justice and fairness, and giving someone a, a fair shake, setting someone else up for success. 
you know, we can do that. We can look at how can we help other people succeed? You know, that's, um, you know, that's one of the things that happened during the sabbatical and leading into that last uh, fall when I went to the sabbatical. But um, even before that, you know, it became, it became more and more the desire of my heart is to, to look and see for me personally, how can I help other people succeed? How can I help other people in ministry succeed? How can I help people uh, find, help to find and fulfill their calling in life? You know, and and spread their wings and see what God's going to do in their lives. And so, you know, um, God, God kind of gave me this word. He's like, you know, you need to, you should preach less and lead more. <laughs> now, I love to preach, but you know what? There came a time where it was like, you know, the Lord's like, you, 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 could, you could stand, you could preach less and lead more. Let other people speak. Let other people uh, share their gifts and talents. And the church is better when that happens. And it also gives people an opportunity to grow. And to, uh, it makes the kingdom better. Yeah. So how can we, you know, what are those ways that we can set other people up for success? You know, help them, help them, um, Fly, help them do well. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We do it for our kids. We do it for those in our own family. Then you get to a point where your kids are raised and you're like, you know what? I want to help other people. They help people to people to learn through my things that I learned in life and uh, my 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 successes and and more often my failures, the things that I, I struggled with, things that were hard. Yeah. Verse 17. But your eyes and your heart are set only on dishonest gain, on shedding innocent blood, and on the oppression on, and, and on oppression and ex, ex, extortion. Therefore, this is what the Lord says about Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, son, king of Judah. They will not mourn for him. Alas, my brother. Alas, my sister. They will not mourn for him. Alas, my master. Alas, his splendor. He will have the burial of a donkey. Hmm. Dragged away and thrown outside the gates of Jerusalem. So he's like, man, this uh, this wickedness, this wicked wicked ruling that Jehoiakim is gonna do, it's gonna not gonna end well. He's gonna have the burial of a donkey, burial of a jackass. <laughs> That's what he's saying. <laughs> uh, a mule, a burial of a mule. Verse twenty. Go up to Lebanon and cry out. Let your voice be heard by Bashan. Cry out for Abarim, for all your allies are crushed. I warned you when you felt secure, but you said, I will not listen. This is, has been your way from your youth. You have not obeyed me. I tried to tell you when you thought everything was going great, just like gravy with you that you weren't paying attention. But you've been like this. You've been hard-headed your whole life. You've been, you've been a knucklehead your whole life. You've been thinking you, you're good. You've been, a, you've been swindling people, cheating people. Building your kingdom on the back of injustice. Ain't going to go well. Verse 22. Verse 22. The wind will drive all your shepherds away, and your allies will go into exile. Then you will be ashamed and disgraced because of all the wickedness, because of all your wickedness. You will live in Lebanon. You who live in Lebanon, who are nestled in cedar buildings, 
how you you will groan when pains come upon you, pain like that of a woman in labor. God's like, I'm I'm I see the injustice going on. I see the unfairness. I see the the underhandedness happening. And uh, I'm not missing that. And I'm trying to warn you, speaking to the kings and rulers, trying to warn you, you need to do the things right. You know, what's the takeaway for us? The takeaway for us is in our own kingdoms, in our own minor kingdoms, our own little worlds, you know, how are we treating people fairly? How are we uh, setting people up for success? How are we giving people an even shake? How are we uh, defending the, uh, the powerless? It's important. Not to only think about ourselves, but to think about others. How can I, how can I, how can I use my seat at the table to help those who are not seated at the table? Oh, come on, somebody, come on! How can how can I use my seat at the table, not to populate it with more people, and not just to speak for the people that look like me and are just like me, but how can I use my seat at the table? to represent other people who aren't at the table. Mm. You say, what do you, what do you mean, Pastor Jeff? Look, I'm not talking about just official board meetings, which that is certainly true. Now, I'm not talking about official positions that you might have, although that's certainly true. But I'm talking about in your friend groups. Come on, in your friend groups. Are you defending the weak? Are you f- defending those who are not like you? Hmm. Are you defending the those who don't have a voice in that environment? It's a good practice Just to consider, you know, the people who aren't at the table, the people who aren't in the circle. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, that's that's giving voice to the voiceless. Um. Romans chapter 8. Let's do it. Chapter 8, 12. I love Romans, man. Y'all know that. 12 through 27. Good morning, everybody. I'm so glad you guys are on here today. I'll tell you why, because I'll be here by myself otherwise. <laughs> I will tell you, I am so glad you're here today, because if not, I'd just be talking to a camera by myself. So I'm really, really glad you're here. Uh, but, you're, but you're also fun to hang with, too. So, All right. Romans chapter 8, verse 12. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. We have an obligation. What's that obligation? But it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Wow. We don't want to live by the flesh, man. We want to live by the Spirit. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. That's pretty simple. Pretty clear there. The one who 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 are led by the Spirit, the children of God. And child of God, you're you're not led by the flesh anymore. You're led by the Spirit. We got to remind ourselves sometimes, right? Because the Spirit gets loud. I mean, the flesh gets loud. But you have to remind ourselves. No, wait, wait, wait. No, I'm a child of God. I don't I don't walk in step with the flesh. I walk in step with the Spirit. In other words, I walk in step with what's going to honor and please God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. No. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. 
And by him we cry, by him, who's him? The Spirit. By the Spirit we cry, Abba, Father. Dad, in our hearts, we cry out to God now. We are children of God. We don't walk by the flesh, but we walk by the Spirit, because now the Spirit of God is in us, and the Spirit of God cries out to God, Dad. Relationship. The Spirit of God now in us cries out to God in relationship, in intimacy, like a, like a son or daughter to their father. Abba, Father. Dad. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. How do we know that we're children of God? One of the ways that we know is because the Spirit of God testifies. I've adopted you. I am your child. I mean, I am your father. You are my son. You are my daughter. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. We ain't just children. We heirs. Come on. We heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Mm. That's awesome. So we have the Spirit. So how do we know we're, we're children? How do we know we're children of God? We, had, we know we're children of God because the Spirit of God is in us, that we walk after the Spirit, not the flesh. The Spirit that is in us uh, speaks deeply to our hearts to God. Abba Father in relationship, but also speaks, the Spirit of God also speaks to us, reminding us that we're children of God. And not only that we're children, but that we're heirs. That we're heirs of God and cohort heirs with Christ, and we share in Christ's sufferings because we share in our, in our brother Jesus' sufferings. We're co-heirs with him. I consider, oh, I love this one. Ooh, 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 this one right here. This one right here, get your pen. One of my all-time favorite verses in the entire Bible. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Did you? Let me get that. I love this, I love this, I love this, because... What we know that is what we know is real is the pain and suffering of this world, right? How many of you know that? We we know we know pain and suffering in this world is real. Um, you lose someone you love, you lose a child, you lose a parent, you lose a, a sibling, you leave, lose a good friend in an untimely manner. Um, tragedy strikes, you lose everything you've worked for in life. Uh, uh, you 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 hear the stories of someone who, you know hits the prime of their life and they're stricken with some terminal illness or uh, someone retires and, and a few weeks or months later they pass away. And you think, man, the sufferings of this life, cancer treatments, that the suffering, what we know, friends, is that the sufferings of this life is, are real. The, the, the struggle, the fight with addiction, the, the, the struggle and, and fight for uh, just de against depression and anxiety. The, the sufferings of this, of this life are real. That's what we know. But you see what Paul is saying here? He's saying that the, the I am convinced. Mm, I, am, I, I consider that our present sufferings, as real and intense and powerful as they are, are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. What is Paul saying, friends? He's saying, I know how bad it gets. 
I know how hard the struggles in this life are, but it's not even worth comparing. There is no comparison with the glory that is going to be revealed in us. In other words, Paul is saying, Jesus is worth it. Come on. He's saying, Jesus is worth it. You may wonder. See, our sufferings have a way of, of causing that question to arise in our minds. Is God worth it? Is he, is he worth all the suffering? Is it worth going through the sufferings of Christ? Is it worth being faithful to him? Is it worth continuing to walk by the Spirit? Is it worth it to, to endure all this hardship uh, uh, as a follower of Jesus? And Paul is saying, I consider that our present sufferings, not only is it not worth it, it's not worth comparing the two. It's not worth comparing. Like, don't even waste your time with it. Don't waste your time because it's not worthy of comparing. The glories that are going to be revealed so outweigh the sufferings of this life, it's not. It's a waste of time to compare them. <clears throat> Man, I hope you feel that today. No matter what you're going through today, listen, listen to you. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying what you're going through is easy. I'm not saying what you're going through is is not suffering. It may very well be suffering, and it may very well be hard. You may be in the deepest battle of your life, a battle for your very life, a battle for an important relationship, a battle for a loved one. And I don't know how that battle is going to turn out. That person may pass away. That person may not survive this sickness and this illness. The treatment that you have may 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 end well. It may not. I, I don't have that perspective to answer that. But the perspective that I do have from God's word is that whatever we're going through, even what Terry Rowland goes through, what anyone in this world goes through, the sufferings of this life, the sufferings that I'm in, even right now, are not worthy of comparing to the glory that will be revealed in you. Yes. Paul says in verse 19, for the creation waits in eager expectation. This is how awesome this is going to be. For the, cre- for the creation waits. The glory is going to be so great in you and in the children of God that all of creation actually, watch this, all of creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Mm. This whole world has been broken. This whole world has been marred by sin and decay. And so all of creation waits in eager expectation for its redemption for the glory that's going to be revealed when all of sin, all of um, the hardships of this life, all of the things that have been tainted by sin in this life get reversed by the power of God. And not the least of those who will taste that, that incredible reversal and have already begun to taste it are the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth, right up to this present time. Look around, guys. Look around, guys. I mean, the, the, the whole earth has been groaning 
It's some, things aren't right. Things aren't the way they were intended to be. The whole creation is groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, we know, man, my back hurt, my knee hurt, my leg hurt, my hip hurt, my head hurt. <laughs> Everything hurt. Every day a new hurt. Not only so, but we ourselves, we were the first, we, we who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we await eagerly for our adoption to sonship. We know something good coming. <laughs> we know it's good's coming. The redemption of our bodies. We know one day this body, this body, we're going to get a new body. This, this old body of the flesh, gonna be res- we're going to get a resurrected body. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they've already seen? But we hope for what we do not yet have. We wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses when we do not know what to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with with the will of God. I love that verse. I love that verse. Here's why. There are times we don't know what to pray. There are times, frankly, we pray wrong because we don't know. We pray for a certain outcome. We pray for a certain situation to turn out a certain way, but but we don't see the whole situation. And so what we're praying for actually is the worst possible thing that could happen, but we don't know that. We're just praying that this is what we think would be a good situation. Pray so-and-so gets back together with so-and-so. Pray that this situation is resolved with this situation. Pray that I get this job. I pray that I get that job. Pray that this, we, we pray what we think we, is the good thing, and that's fine, but we don't know the whole perspective. But this verse tells us this, that if we're children of God, when we pray, the Holy Spirit takes over, and he knows exactly what needs to happen because what? The Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So when we're praying in the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit prays in accordance to God's will. So even when our prayers are misguided, God takes that and prays it the way it ought to be prayed, the Holy Spirit, Mm, in accordance to His will. And sometimes we just don't know what to pray. The situation is so complex, so confusing, so overwhelming. we like, I don't even know where to start. That's all right. You just groan (laughs) in your spirit. You just groan out to the God. Oh, God. Sometimes you just say Jesus' name. He knows. He knows how to pray. And he'll pray perfectly, consistently with the will of God. All right, we're running out of time, man. John chapter 6. John chapter 6, 41 through 51. I got to hurry or I'm going to run out of time again. At the, this is John 6, 41. At this, the, new, the Jews there began to grumble about him and said, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling. See, they're not groaning in the spirit. No, they're just grumbling in their minds. (laughs) Be sure to groan in your spirit, not grumble in your mind. Come on. There you go. Groan in your spirit, that's prayer. Grumbling in your mind, that's sin. (laughs) Big difference. Stop grumbling among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. Who did Jesus preach about? Himself. No one has seen 
the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the men in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. The bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Yes, sir. Man, that's awesome. Jesus is the bread of life, man. He gives us life. Came, came down to raise us up. The groaning in your spirit is a groaning for the word of God, a groaning for Jesus. Man. I just want you to know, man, that's the word for us today. What These present sufferings are not worthy of comparing. Amen? They're not worthy of comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. That's beautiful. All right, you guys, thanks for being on. Hey, let's pray. Let's pray. If I didn't say this today, we, we, we read, we pray, we change the world. Let's pray. Lord, you are awesome. You're good. We thank you, Lord, that you did. You came into this world to seek and to save the lost. You came not to be served, but to serve and give your life as a ransom for many. And in doing that, you, uh, you, you fulfilled the deepest longings of our heart, the longings for purpose and joy and life and hope. And we know that you are the bread of life that came from heaven. And so, Lord, we, um, we partake of you today, of your spirit, of your truth. And we pray, Lord, that we would live it out, uh, that we would be those who walk today by the spirit, not by the flesh. Who are the children of God? It is those who walk by the Spirit. Uh, so, God, we, uh, we remind ourselves of that, of that today, that we are not of the flesh, we are of the Spirit. And uh, we choose to walk uh, with you today and to fellowship with you. Lord, I pray for my friends, whatever they're going through, whatever suffering, whatever hardship, whatever delight, may they know that you are with them, that you are for them. And may we use each and every seat at the table that we have to not only look out for ourselves, but to look out for others for those who aren't at the table. God, thank you for your goodness and your grace and your love. May you bless each and every person today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for being a part. Hope you have a fantastic Thursday. Love you guys. I really mean that. Uh, thank you for sharing this, subscribing to this, liking it, all of those things that really helps get the word out about the podcast. And, uh, and we will see you next time. God bless. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.